comes. Oh my goodness. Kick and chase by Mullins. Kick and chase again by Mullins. Welcome back to the Racing and Sports Punters Pod, where we put the punch in parlay and predict profitable permutations so you can plunge punting power plays unperturbed. Jimmy Buckley with you in the studio once more on this Wednesday, the 7th of September, alongside Simon Dinopoulos, barely 48 hours from the first of four NRL semi-finals, which fire up in a fevered frenzy on Friday night when minor premiers Penrith host the informed Parramatta Reels. Welcome, Simon. How was Leichhardt Oval last Sunday afternoon? Spiritual home of rugby league, Bucko. No, it was, uh, we went up there before gates opened and it was about quarter to three. It was absolutely teeming down and the old man turns to me and said, what are we even doing here? But fortunately it cleared up and it certainly filled up pretty quick, as you would expect. You'd like it to be able to play every game there at Leichhardt. It's the best place, I think, in Sydney to watch footy. Obviously, it doesn't meet the requirements in terms of financially, it's not the best for them in that regard, but you can't beat it. And the Raiders, too good, hit the finals with a bit of momentum. That's what we like to see. And I saw you got your mug on telly again, mate, so can find a camera. Well <laughs> try, done. <laughs> try my best. <laughs> We're breaking new ground here today on the Racing and Sports Punters pod with a special guest joining us right here in the studio. He's a man that needs no introduction, but we're going to lead him in anyway. He retired from the NRL this season with 107 games under his belt after a career which started all the way back in round one of 2011 when some of his teammates included Blake Ferguson, Alan Tung, David Shillington and Queanbeyan's own Trevor Thurling. He went on to play 103 matches over three spells with the Canberra Raiders, enjoying stints with the St. George Illawarra Dragons, the Catalans Dragons and Wakefield Trinity along the way. He's a man who always played with a keen rugby league intellect, predominantly in the number seven jersey, wielding a crisp pass, a deft kicking game, and always knew how to sniff out a try. And a man who was also an incredibly talented cricketer, capable of destroying bowling attacks across the Monero in Canberra with Willow in hand. I say was, still is a very talented cricketer. He's a keen racing fan to boot, a devoted family man, and we're delighted he's been able to join us here on the podcast today. I'll speak of none other than the great Sam Williams. Welcome, mate. Thank you, mate. Um, I tell you what, when you opened this podcast, that I thought it couldn't be beaten, but that's a hell of an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, um, I'm very happy with that. I might take it with me and put it up at home. Um, my wife, Sarah, will be very impressed. We'll send you the audio, mate. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, how is the family? Yeah, going well. Yeah, little 10-month-old Archie. He's um, Yeah, he's been brilliant. He um, He's a great little kid and, yeah, he changed my life. And, yeah, it's been great, mate. Good on you, mate. No, good to see you. With a nice big smile on your face. Fatherhood treating you very well. Now, big decision this year to retire from the NRL, Sam. Can you just talk us through that one? Yeah, look, to be honest, mate, I'm, I'm still in a little little bit of limbo as where I go and what, in what direction. It was always going to be a tough decision to leave the Raiders when I did. Um, we have a couple of you know good young players coming through. Um, and I never wanted to hang around any longer than, than I needed to be. And I felt that we got to a point where we have players like Matt Frawley who 
Um, you know, he can he can do what I was doing for a number of years there, where he, he, we've seen him step in and he's been so f- so good for the team and so good for the club. He's a wonderful person and and helping the younger blokes come through. So that was a little bit of my um, my thinking uh, leaving the club. I knew that the club was in a good position, especially in the halves. We've got a lot of depth. Um, but, you know, your time comes and, and I didn't want to stay around any longer than necessary. Yeah, fair enough. And do you know yet what your plans may be from a rugby league perspective uh, going forward? Yeah, it's a tough one, mate. As I said, it, it, I'm, I'm 31 now. Um, you know, I know I'm at the back end of my career. One thing I have been fortunate about is my body's held up. I've been lucky, but I've also never been the most highly, highly strung athlete either. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not Usain Bolt and I'm not big ripped and got muscles everywhere so my, my body's held together pretty well so look there, there's options maybe overseas maybe still in the NRL but first and foremost is I've been playing with the with the Queen Bean Roos locally and I've loved every bit of it the club's been sensational I've really enjoyed the football side of things and I've also been able to to get get down and help players um, every night we go to training and there's always something you can help them with and I've thoroughly enjoyed that as well. Now, nice for Bucko to give you a few free kicks to start off the podcast, but let's ask some real questions. <laughs> Go ahead, mate. So a few would-you-rathers? Yes, hit me. Okay. So playing outside you, this is players at their peak. Okay. Do you want Whiten or Campo? Ooh. Campo 2008. I reckon I run into Campo all the time when I'm pissed, and I tell him every time, mate, if you didn't do your knee, we win the comp. And I think he hates me every time I tell him. Uh, Papa or Tarpany? Yeah, I come through the grades with Papa. Papa and his peak, uh, un- unstoppable. He's still now nearly unstoppable, uh, so I'm going with Papa. And mind you, Jacko and Taps are good mates of mine and are extremely good players. <laughs> <laughs> we'll clear that up. Uh, he's into him. doesn't rate him. The, uh, <laughs> none of that. Now, the, you've been obviously involved with the Raiders. You've obviously been around. You've seen the last few seasons. We've got a bit of young talent coming through the team. I want you to give me who's going to be the best out of these four. So you've got Sebastian Chris, Tomoko, Harley Smith-Shields and Savage. I'll tell you what, you you have hit me with the hard questions early. I'm going to go with, I think this, the sky's the limit for Xavier. Yep. I think we've all seen how good a footballer he can be. The one thing in in sport, and it doesn't matter what sport, you just can't coach speed. As much as you want to try and help players get faster, there's no way I'm going to, by having a good off-season, be as fast as Xavier Savage. It just doesn't happen. He's one of those players that just can turn a game on. I think we look at someone like Pappenhausen, how quick he is and how he can just be there on the spot. I think the sky's the limit for Xavier. There is a long way to go for him to be that complete, complete player, but I think we're starting to see where he's at. Um, Mind you, those other three go right too. Yeah, not bad. The best player you've played against? Okay, while we're talking about peak players when they're in the best, Dave Taylor one night uh, playing for the the Rabbitohs, he was playing back row. He was absolutely on fire and I I couldn't touch him, honestly. I know... I know... I was never Jake Trebojevic or anyone, but that night he just gave me nightmares. He uh, he was unbelievable. Um, and we played him later, I think it was 2012, later in the season, and we kept him quiet, and it was just a completely different game. So at his best, I think Dave Taylor. Best player you've played with? Best player I've played with would probably be... I'm going to go to our big mate, Josh Papali. Yeah. It's not too often you get halves talking, I guess, about front rows and how good they are, but... 
when Papa's at his best and when Papa's going forward, he's unstoppable and he still just has an unbelievable way to find that try line. I know that we've we've had some really good players over the last few years in terms of how electric they are. BJ Lailua is obviously one of them. But Papa, week in, week out, is consistently good. And if Papa didn't have a, a wink of sleep the night before, if he you know, kids have been crying and he had the flu, he would still show up and he would still be one of our best players. And look, he's won a, a number of Malbaniga medals and that's because of his consistency. Now, you obviously come through the grades all the way through. I feel everyone's got that player that they play with that they always thought would make it. Who's your big what if or who should have made it in your eyes? It was just unlucky. One player who I really did feel sorry for was Hayden Hodge. Um, Hodge I played, um, I think it was Australian schoolboys from the ACT. He was lightning quick. He had a really, really good work ethic. He was a great person, a really good clubman. I think he had all the attributes to go on and be a really good player. And I really felt sorry for him. He had a lot of knee injuries and he just could never never crack it. We all know what, what happens when you, your knees start to go, you lose your speed, and that was his greatest asset. So I really felt felt sorry for him. He was um, he was probably one of those players that if his body held up, we'd be sitting here talking about him in, in some of them earlier questions. Yeah, right. And just lastly, the transition from Toyota Cup to NRL, just how hard is it? Can you put it into words? Look, I think... Because you're untouchable in 20s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's one question that, that sort of does come up a little bit is about that transition and, and the reserve grade and coming through the grades. And it, it really is just such a massive difference. Um, I think the Toyota Cup, it was it was so good for our development in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, we were playing against the best. Uh, it was the one competition across Australia and New Zealand. So there was a lot of positives for it. But in terms of development and trying to get through it, there was a lot of... I look back in the players I played against in those 20s games and, and players who were touted for such big futures, but they just could never kick to that next stage. And even if they did get there, some of them didn't have the mentality to stay around. And uh, I look at some of them teams and, and there's a there's a hell of a lot of more talented players that, that never lasted or didn't make first grade. So that's something that I guess I'm probably proud of that I, that I could see it out and um, found a way to be in the game for so long. A couple of really surprising answers there. Actually, Hodge is an interesting one. Now, I think he might have been a cowboy originally, came over. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. Yeah, um, yeah he, uh, he came over and he was honestly built like a rake. He was There was nothing of him. A strong breeze would blow him over. And within a couple of years, as I said, he had a really good work ethic and he was putting some size on. And yeah, disappointing. Yeah. And Dave Taylor too, who, uh, who did resurrect his career for a, a brief period there. At the Raiders and spent a bit of time pulling beers up at the top pub. So there you go, the Coltrane. He was he was frightening when he was on. Yeah, I'm. Um, I was actually overseas the year he came down, and um, every time I spoke to the boys at the club, they just couldn't speak highly enough of him. He's a, he's a big character. He's a big bloke. He he worked really hard, and you know it was good to see him come home and have a good season for the club. Now we're here to preview the the finals. We've got a huge four weeks coming up, and. I mean, it's not that often you get a final series where you genuinely do have eight teams that are that are in pretty reasonable form right now. Running through the Neds Premiership market, the Penrith Panthers are still your two dollar fifteen favourites. Parramatta equal second on the Premiership betting market with the Cronulla Sharks. They're both paying seven dollars to win the comp. The North Queensland Cowboys are paying nine bucks. The Melbourne Storm eleven dollars. The Sydney Roosters at a very tasty eleven dollars. The South Sydney Rabbitohs seventeen bucks, and the Canberra Raiders. $67 to win the comp from here. Now, Sam, first and foremost, can you talk us through 
the year that's been in 2022 for the Raiders and how good a job Ricky has done in rebuilding the team back to the position it's in because 2021 was almost the Anna Cerebalus, really. I mean, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Now the Raiders have stormed into the eight, won a, a bunch of games in a row and head into potentially a winnable elimination final against the Storm. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It really shows the resilience that this club's got and the competitive nature that Ricky Stewart is. He, he doesn't accept not playing finals football. We've all seen how he is on the sidelines in press conferences and all that as well. He um, He's an extremely emotional man and an extremely uh, competitive bloke as well. So while he's on board, I, I don't think that the club's ever going to be able to um, settle for mediocrity. And as you said, this year's been... It's been a whirlwind um, start of the season. Now, a little bit slow in, in, in those middle stages, but the ability of this group, and, and the one thing that people from outside the club don't realise is how important mateship is in a football team. Uh, we've all seen the media and, and how they love to stick the boot in when a side's going poorly, but you really find out a lot about a club and, and teammates and what the Raiders have in, in terms of good leaders, good people. The coaching staff's really passionate about the club. I just think that when you go into training there, everyone wants to be there, everyone wants to learn, everyone wants to be better. And to be able to turn it around and go on this run on the back of the season, there was games there that, that the side had no right to win, um, didn't play that well, but found a way to win it. And now we scrape into the top eight. And I can promise you this, that Melbourne would hate to be playing us this week. And I bet they wish they were playing Brisbane. Now, I think, Simon, is it four in a row that we've won down there at Amy Park? Sounds right. Yeah. It's our home away from home. <laughs> I don't think, in terms of you talk about the games this week, they couldn't have asked for a better setup. You've got Penrith v Parramatta, then you've got the two teams that have improved the most this season, Cronulla and the Cowboys playing each other, South versus the Roosters, and Melbourne v Canberra. You couldn't ask for a better finals week one. Oh, they've done very well there. Mate, what are the ratings say? So the ELO is pretty much, it's remarkable how close ELO is to the current market this week. And when the market that we're betting into is 105%, we price ELO to 100%. So basically, it's exactly the same. The only differences we see this week are with the player ratings. And I do feel like they have a better look and feel to them. I think most having Penrith $1.37 against Para would be too short, I would think. Whereas the player ratings have it at $1.84, two eighteen. And with the player ratings, we actually don't factor in home ground advantage, which some might think is wrong. But when you give it to the Roosters against South at a brand new stadium, I mean, is it even a home ground? It's in Sydney, the heart of Sydney. How is it a home ground advantage? So obviously Cronulla playing against the Cowboys, that is, I think, a home ground advantage. But when you're talking about two Sydney teams, Penrith Power is interesting, obviously, out you know, Battle of the West. But yeah, I think the player ratings for me definitely look more well, in line in what I think. And the key bets for us will be backing South to beat the Roosters. And we're actually going to be backing the Cowboys to beat Cronulla. So the other two games are pretty much take your pick. We have Melbourne favourites against the Raiders and Penrith favourite against Parramatta, but nowhere near as tight as the market is. All right, we'll get to those bets shortly. But Sam, can you get your opinion? Can the Raiders continue this streak against the Storm? And if so, where do they win this game? You've mentioned this streak. I think it's one of those places where just getting down there and not being around that rugby league bubble. You get down there, and I mentioned earlier about teammates and being good mates. I think you get down there and you start to enjoy each other's company. It's always a hostile atmosphere. They're a rowdy mob down there in Melbourne, as we've seen in the AFL as well. But there's, I think there's just a feel about the place that reminds us a little bit of, of Canberra. And 
Craig and Ricky are obviously really good mates as well. Um, so I think Ricky has a little bit of an edge trying to trying to knock his old mate off. But look, I think that the sides, you know, they match up relatively even. I think Munster and Jack White, and I think are the keys in terms of creating points. Jerome Hughes has been fantastic for Melbourne, but I think where it's going to be won is Papali'i and Joey Tarpany against the big fellas um, Nelson Asafa Solomona and the Bromwich brothers. This is just going to be a fantastically physical game. I think both sides are going to be very aggressive. And Big Nelson, he's been out on a mission the last few weeks, but I've loved every bit of it. I think sometimes I think he can get unwarranted criticism. I think he got penalised there for putting kick pressure on Mitch Moses last week. And look, okay, yeah, maybe he pushed him late, but it certainly didn't hurt him. And there's a bloke who's 120 kilo plus getting out on the last tackle to put pressure on a playmaker. Now, what more do you want to see? I think it's fantastic. I think the effort he's given the club over the last six weeks has been phenomenal. And I just can't wait to see Big Papa and Joey Taps going head-to-head with him. I think Craig's definitely asked him to step up because he was obviously coming off the bench basically the whole season. And then this sort of last six weeks, he's made a starting position his own. He's played on the edge as well, which has been big. Good luck to those trying to tackle him when he gets a run-up on that edge. But that penalty on Mitch Moses, he won Academy Award too, which Mitch can often do. But there was nothing in it. And it's a shame. I feel Jared Warrior Hargraves gets penalised the same. If he's in a little niggle, they often will penalise against them. And there's nothing really those players can do. Something that really frustrated me the other week was when um, Jared came down on top of the player. It was a fair tackle, and then there was a bit of a scuffle that broke out afterwards. Anyway, the referees penalised for Jared for what's happened afterwards. So what happened in the tackle was perfectly legal. Someone else saw offence to it, and he gets penalised. I don't really know what more he could have done differently. Do, do, do they just want him to go around the ankles and make it... You know, no contact. I felt really sorry for him, and I don't often say that about front rowers. I'm normally the halfback who's getting bashed. So <laughs> it's it is a bugbear of mine. I think that you've got to let the big boys go and and have somewhat of a feel for the game. And at the moment, I think sometimes the referees miss that. I feel they sometimes want to be too much in the game. They you'd like to see them ref finals like Origin. That's the best form of the game. Let everyone smash each other and sort it out on the field. Not necessarily because in these tight games, key penalties are going to decide the game. While you've got me going... Yeah, let's keep it going, keep it rolling. Is I just hate when a referee gets involved for the sake of being involved. I think there's so often that in nearly every single ruck on the, on the field, every single tackle, every single 10 metres, there's always going to be maybe someone who's a step offside or is a fraction long in the ruck. Now, we talk about a war of attrition in rugby league. Now, it's these stoppages. That's what gives players a spell. It's not the speed of the ruck. It's these sort of stoppages, and they, they blow these penalties. I love seeing two all... I love seeing penalty counts that are that are two one mm. two two all. I think that's awesome, and I think sometimes at the tide of the contest, the more intriguing they are, they are as well. Whereas we've come, and I think the cricket's the same with 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 runs scored in one day matches. I don't think that points and and runs are always more exciting. I think the the tide of the contest the better, but for some reason the referees want to get involved and change that. Yeah, my old man says you want to see an arm wrestle, so battle for field position. Let them sort it out. Let them win the field position, not give it to them. And you watch games now, and you just can feel a ref's going to give away a penalty, you know, of them coming out of their half. And yeah, it's frustrating. One more question for me before we before we grab a couple of tips and move on from this game, Sam. Did the Melbourne Storm take any confidence going into this game from the fact that the last time they played the Raiders in a final, which would have been a prelim in twenty twenty? They were up about 20 nil after 15 minutes and, and took the game away instantly. Now, I know this is almost two years ago, but that was a, that was a pretty significant result. I, I know where you're coming from there, mate. I can see your point. But I, I also think that the, the Raiders' record 
um, in recent times in big games against Melbourne has been pretty good, especially down at Amy Park. I think that the, the, the club themselves, the Raiders have moved on from that night and I can guarantee that it's not in the players' mind at all. I don't think the Melbourne players, if they think that they're going to go in there with that sort of mindset, they'll, they'll get their pants pulled down. That's good to hear. Like we say, four games in a row down at Amy Park... First side in history to do that. That's absolutely incredible. Boys, what is uh, the tip on this game, Sam? We might start with you. It's a tough one because I would love to see the Raiders go down the, down there and knock them off. What they've shown on the back end of this season is that they can match these sides. And we've already beaten Melbourne down in Melbourne this year. So I just think it's hard to stay away from Melbourne at this time of the year. I just think that the way Craig brings his side to this point of the year to win these big games and how meticulous and how well prepared they are, I think they're going to be very, very hard to beat. That's not to say that the Raiders can't beat them, but to knock them off, it's going to be a, a monumental effort. And look, you go down and beat Melbourne in Melbourne, it opens up that, that competition because I think that that's as hard a road trip as, you, as you're going to find at the moment, along with maybe going to Penrith. So I really feel as if, if, if the Raiders can go down and win this one, that there's a chance of going all the way. I'll tell you what, that $67 uh, won't last too long on that premiership market if we can go down there and beat the Storm. Well, I reckon we're on the right side of the draw. So if we beat Melbourne, we'll play the loser of Penrith and Para. You don't want to play... I'm assuming Penrith are going to win on Friday. You don't want to play Penrith to get into the grand final. So we're going to have to play Parramatta. We've got a decent record against Parramatta. And then we flip to the easy side, Cronulla Cowboys. <laughs> Like, that's the side of the draw you want to be on to get into the grand final. You don't want to have to beat Penrith. You're going to have to play two grand finals in a row. So I think we're on the right side of it. Melbourne, in some ways, probably are happy they ran fifth in that sense. To, they would have jumped over if they didn't meet Penrith this week anyway. But I'm hoping we can win. The Melbourne Storm team, I'm not going to say they're on the decline. I think I've been saying it for 10 years. But you mentioned that game in 2020 and you look at the team list between that team and this team. And then the Bromwich brothers are leaving next year. Kafusi's leaving. Brandon Smith's leaving. Their start, if Munster leaves, they're like, they could be shaky next year. So this is probably in terms of your salary cap windows. I'd say this is Melbourne's last chance to be a significant chance in the finals. The Storm are paying $1.40 head-to-head with Neds and the Raiders are $2.95. That's going to be an absolute belter. That's your first game on Saturday evening. Now, if we can take it back to the Friday night game, Penrith versus Parramatta. And, and another one of those contests where... The uh, lower-ranked team has uh, probably an enviable winning record against their forthcoming opponent. Parramatta has beaten Penrith twice this season. The only team really in the league that seems to have figured out the Panthers. Sam, what do you make of this one? I've been on the Penrith bandwagon for for a long time. By bandwagon, I mean I think they win the comp. Um, Yeah, you don't actually like them, surely. I'm not not saying that I'm a Panther. I think that they've they've just got so much quality across the park and I feel as though they know how to play the big games. They've now had a, a couple of years up at the top of the table. I think they're a really strong side, especially when you've got Cleary and Zio playing together in the middle. I think the ball movement they have is better than anyone else in the comp. I think they know how to go forward when they need to go forward and they know when to move it when they want to move it. So I, I think they're going to be too strong for Parramatta. My question mark with Parramatta, like a lot of people, is probably can they put the three big wins together to win a competition? And from where I sit, I don't think they can. I don't think that they can beat three big teams in three big games to win the comp. They might win one or two, but it's a really big question mark over them at the moment. I want to ask you a question in regards to Nathan Cleary, obviously being suspended. This is his first game back straight into the furnace. How would he go about his preparation leading up to this? Because he's obviously not injured. So how does that change day to day? I think it's a big bonus. I think you can do a lot more work at home. 
You can do a lot more physical contact at training. When they're doing their rolling rucks and really getting stuck into each other at training, he'd be there. He'd probably defend in the middle at nine and and really get stuck into it and make sure he's making as many tackles as possible. So I think physically he'll be fine. Mentally he'll be fine. And the way he controls the game and the way the players know his game around him, I don't see it being an issue at all. I think he'll hit, hit the ground running. And as we saw in the grand final last year, I think his kicking game, the way he turned around the opposition and made sure that they played down the right end of the field, he's not going to lose that by having a few weeks off. It's it's just not going anywhere, and I think he'll be able to do that again this weekend. I suppose that is game situation in regards to like if you didn't play golf for five weeks, but you went to the range every day, and then you get yourself into a game situation. Is his kicking game... Is his touch going to be out or you think that's not even a concern? Yeah, I don't think it'll be a concern at yeah. all. I really don't. I think he'll be fine. And I think he's probably gone away and done more on his kicking game over the last five weeks than he has ever. I reckon they'll be pretty fired up, Penrith. I hate Penrith. What's <laughs> <laughs> to like? So they're similar prices there. Penrith $1.40 with Neds to win that game in Parramatta $2.95. The line is at about 7 and a half at the moment. That's massive. That, that is, is huge. That is big. That's got to be the bet of the week. I can't see Penrith coming out and pumping Parramatta. No way. Get on it. A try. Parramatta plus a, seven and a half. A try. A bit more than a try in a semi-final. Like as I was saying, we've got it marked at dollar eighty-four two eighteen. So we've got it a lot tighter than the market. And Parramatta are on the up. I don't know. They should have beat them in the finals last year as well. That'll still be on their mind as well. Mm. Gee whiz. Anyway, okay. So Parramatta plus seven and a half might be a play there. Saturday night. The Cronulla Sharks versus the North Queensland Cowboys. I'm very curious, Sam, to get your opinion on these two sides because it seems to me that in the wider rugby league public, there's just an assumption that neither of these teams are capable of going through to a grand final, let alone winning a premiership. Purely, I suppose, because maybe they've risen a little bit too fast to sit where they are in 2022. What do you make of these two? I'm a little bit on the on the side of what you've just mentioned that I think that the rise has been a little bit too quick. I think that there's some players there that maybe haven't played in enough big games to be able to really win the competition. Confidence is one thing, and that's what, what both sides are playing with. The Cowboys, certainly, they're, they're riding a real wave. They've got a, a whole um, half of Queensland that are following them. I think everyone enjoys watching them play. They've got some exciting young players. I just don't know how they're their big game mentality is going to hold up when it comes to these sort of games. And I think Cronulla have got an element of players there that have played in some big games. I think Dale Finucane's one who's going to be brilliant for him at this time of the year. Uh, Nico Hines is another one who I think is growing and, and being unbelievable this year. I'm leaning towards the Sharks. I think I think they're going to be too good for them. I'd, I'd love to see the Cowboys prove me wrong because I really do like their squad. I think they're an exciting team and, and a side that... The, the public love watching play. So I think the Sharks will be too good, but yeah, look, let's wait and see. What will be your plan if you're coaching Cronulla? How do you beat the Cowboys? Look, I think the momentum that some of the big boys can, can give them. Uh, if you can give blokes like Jesse Ramian um, a bit of space, they are a real handful. And I think to do that, you need to win that battle of the middle. And I think if they win it... Um, you know, Tom Lolo and these sort of players, they're going to make sure that there's no one coming through their front door. So there's, they're not going to give away easy tries. But I think that Cronulla's weapon is the, their ball movement. We've seen them move it in the wet, in the dry, and everything in between. Now, Simon, you mentioned that the racing and sports player ratings were actually leaning towards maybe an edge for the Cowboys in this game. Yeah, slightest of all edges. It's $2.01 to $1.98, so market to 100%. So we would have a slight lean towards the Cowboys. This is player for player. 
player for player, and it's currently two dollars fifteen with Neds the Cowboys head to head to win this game. The Cronulla Sharks are a dollar seventy two, so there is a slight edge there. Yeah, we would be backing the Cowboys. I think, to be honest, all the player ratings this week have us backing the outsider. So I think the current markets, as they stand, are certainly swung in the favour of the home teams, which is understandably home ground advantage is a thing, although we don't think it's too big a thing. But the gap between the two teams, we feel, is too great in every game. Simon, so, mean, I quite like the Cowboys this week. Yeah. Uh, and I like the fact that the ratings are backing this up. And I'll tell you why. I look at the halves, and you've got Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend. You've got a Blake who won a comp six years ago with Cronulla. One of the few halves left in the comp to have won one. There you go. So you have a premiership winning halfback, invaluable. And Tom Dearden. Hasn't he come on leaps and bounds? Well, how about game three, Suncorp Stadium, State of Origin this year? You can't tell me he I doesn't take he doesn't take huge big game yeah. experience out of that semi. I mean, that, you, that was a phenomenal game of football. I tell you, he didn't take anything out of that game. Talakai, he'll want to erase <laughs> that game from his memory. But is that something, Sam, that, that Tom did and could take into a final series? I think so. Uh, I think the one thing with Tom is he's always been a tough player and he's always had the attributes to be a good player. I think we look at the way he's gone this year and, and I know it's a different competition, but uh, Brodie Croft over in the Super League's been fantastic for Salford as well. And sometimes young halves, they just seem to cop the blame. It doesn't matter what happens on the field. It doesn't matter if they have the best game ever. If they lose football games, it's on the halves. And they were probably both in that position where they had a lot of good individuals around them. But because the team wasn't firing, they seemed to take the brunt of it. And I just love seeing someone like Tom come back and show how good he can be. And you don't lose toughness. You, you can contr- you learn you con- uh, learn to control the game a little bit better. But in terms of playing football, you need to be aggressive, and you've got to have a bit of wits about you. And I think he's got uh, abundance of that. And Simon, you make a good point there with regards Talakai, who, who did have that uh, that big game travesty really at, at Suncorp Stadium. Other side of the coin, maybe that could play on him a little bit. Well, he's been lucky because he he played all over Morgan Harper, and I don't think he's been anywhere near as dynamic since. So then in the Origin team, he's had an absolute howler, lost us Origin really, or one of a few players who did. But yeah, you can't really take a lot of, I guess, positivity out of that going into this. Obviously a good player, but I feel Peter Hicku and Valentine Holmes, the key to the Cowboys this year has been they're up and in defence and their centres have done such a good job with that. So Jesse Ramian, one of the hardest probably centres to contain and he'll want to be on his game on the weekend, but... They've defended really well. So it's going to be interesting to see where the game's won and whether Cronulla do obviously put in a lot of kicks in their game. So the Cowboys are going to have to be on that. And Matt Moylan has certainly turned back the clock this year. Looks a lot better playing in the field, showing a lot more speed. And he's certainly in form going into the finals. So the racing and sports ratings do give a slight edge to the Cowboys there. So $2.15 with Neds comes up as pretty good value. Question before we move on. If... Either whoever loses this game, do they lose next week as well? Are they going out straight sets? Tough one. When the Raiders win, they'll probably knock over whoever they're playing off, so whoever that <laughs> might be. No, I don't think so. I don't think necessarily. I think they've had a really confident season. I don't think you're going to lose too much confidence over losing one finals game. I certainly think they can turn it around. And as I mentioned earlier, they've these sides have got to win uh, three three big games, potentially, yeah, three big games to, to win this competition. I'm not so sure that where they're at right now they can do that. Playing an extra game of footy might not be such a bad thing. It'll be interesting because they'll play either Roosters or Souths and I reckon they won't be favourite. Well, that's that's a good point you make there. So the loser of this match has to play the winner of the Sydney Roosters versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs Sunday afternoon 
And I agree with you there, Simon. I would have thought that the winner of this game will go into week two as favourite no matter who they're playing. Yep. You can guarantee it's going to be a pretty big win. It's going to be an intense battle. Uh, the Roosters came out on top just last weekend against South Sydney. I wouldn't be writing the bunnies off. I would have thought there's some uh, pretty big names in that team who you just get the feeling are going to fire up this week when it matters. Sammy, what do you make of this one? I think that the bunnies need to be a lot better defensively in a certain few areas. I think uh, Angus Crichton over Ilias last weekend really, you know, he got in his head early and I think he... Uh, he's one of the most damaging ball runners on an edge. Uh, his upper body is unbelievably strong, and there's a couple of tries there on the edge for the Rabbitohs that they'd be quite disappointed with, and there's no doubt that the Roosters will be going back there as well. It's a big week for Ilias. He's just re-signed, and I think he's got a lot of promise, but these are the games where you need to step up and, and own that seven jersey. And I just reckon that the Roosters, the way they've built this season, I, I'm, I just I love watching them play, and I, I love where the Roosters are at. And I think the big one is if Cameron Murray doesn't play, I think that the Rabbitohs are out. Rabbitohs are out. I don't think they can match the Roosters' forwards the way Jared's playing. And Nat Butcher was excellent last weekend. I think that the the Roosters' pack is very underrated, and I just don't know if that the the Bunnies' forward pack can stay with them long enough because we know how many points are in both the back lines, but. The way the, the forwards are playing for the Roosters, they came out so fast over the last few weeks and been so powerful straight through the middle against some good packs, and I just don't know if the Rabbitohs can stay with them. Plenty of experience there. The Roosters $1.60 with Neds to win this one, and the Rabbitohs $2.35. Just a quick one, Sam, for you. How much have you enjoyed the arc of the career of Mark Nichols? Yeah, my big, long, stringy, uh, bald <laughs> mate. He, um, we, we lived together in the under-20s. He was another bloke who was built like an absolute broomstick. Uh, there was nothing of him, and he played a little bit of back row. He played the odd game in the centres. He was the slowest centre in the world. But he, <laughs> he went down to Melbourne, and he and he stuck it out, and he was there, and he was thereabouts. And and then an opportunity came knocking at the Rabbitohs, and he's taken it with, with both hands. And this is the sort of player that you love playing with because he's so genuine, and he's... Such an honest front rower that I think we all enjoy watching him play because of we, we know where he's been, the, the road that he's been on to try and get to where he is now. And he was another player who played his 100th game there last year and I was just so proud for for him to be able to get there and it's a real feather in his cap. Definitely something to follow, I think, for the Raiders fans out there. Simon, you said that our player ratings here give South Sydney maybe a, a bit more of an edge than perhaps the market suggests. Oh, we're massively in South Corner. So the market's a dollar fifty-five to two forty-five, and we're actually South's favourite, dollar eighty-five. So we're having a fairly big bet on South on the weekend. And I think what sort of hasn't really been touched on is Joey Manu is a massive out for the Roosters, and that sort of swings us with the play ratings. Him coming out, and then Drew Hutchinson and Paul Momorowski in the centres, probably their weakest centre pairing of the season for the Roosters, in arguably their biggest game of the season. And I think that certainly swings the game back for us in South's favour. Interesting what Sam touches on with the forwards because Matt Lodge has been awesome since he's come over for the Roosters and he starts on the bench. So their bench looks a lot stronger than the Rabbitohs, but their backs would have to sort of swing the other way. So Tedesco v Luttrell, Cody Walker starting to get warm. It's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be decided by one of those key players. They've got to step up and make the, you know, the big game decisions. All right, so in summary, after all of that, we're getting on South Sydney head-to-head, we're getting on the North Queensland Cowboys head-to-head, and we're getting on Parramatta plus 7.5 against Penrith. That line seems huge to me. Yeah, okay. Anything else, Sam, that that sort of tickles your fancy from a punting perspective this weekend? 
I know you just mentioned the centres of the Roosters, but it's a big week for Drew Hutchison. Um, I think he got away a couple of times with where referees have intervened and, and helped him out there on the weekend. And he's a halfback playing in the centres, and he's not the fastest five eight or half in the world. So there's no doubt the Rabbitohs look to take a bit more advantage of that. I think the Rabbitohs' left edge is the best in the competition. I just love watching them play. I think the way Cody Walker goes to the line is the best in the game. And that's why we see Johnson score so many tries. So defensively on these edges for these sides, it's going to be a really interesting battle. And just quickly, Sam, before we wrap it up, uh, some of the punters out there have potentially heard your dulcet tones on another podcast. How do we uh, how do we get a hold of that, and, and what's that podcast all about? I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, I'm over here cheating on my younger brother. <laughs> um, he uh, he's he's the SC Playbook guru, and he does a lot of good work with the uh, with Supercoach. He finished second there a couple of years ago, and he's he's got a real following now. Um, anyway, we started a, a podcast called the Half Backed Podcast. Um, over the last sort of six to eight weeks, and it's been going really well, and a similar sort of format to this. So, I do appreciate you know you boys having me on here and being able to go through things that I love talking about, and you know, we love um, we love a bet and we love our footy. So it's a it's a great thing to be involved with. Mate, it's been a pleasure having you on. We really appreciate you coming in, making the time for us, and yeah, look, we're looking forward to a huge weekend of footy. I don't think I've been looking forward to a first week of NRL finals this much for a long time. Yeah, I tell the missus, don't even plan anything <laughs> this weekend. You're dreaming if we're doing anything this weekend. I'm at home watching the footy. Sam and Simon, thank you very much for joining us here on the Racing and Sports Punters pod. We'll be back Friday morning with the great Ken Rutherford to talk the round ball game. Until then, happy punting.